now tuned into the greatest. Who's the best Australian basketball player? Who's the best Australian ever? Kyrie. Kyrie. Dark. <laughs> if we're talking about Delhi, right? With, uh, with Lauren Jackson. Oh, okay. WNBA's finest MVP champ. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I was, was going to ask are there any like NBL players that are just like out there, like, like top of the stars that go to Australian bars? People are just giving the, you know, like, you know, valet service like is there like that who's that large nbl star like from like past or present Ooh, that's that's a good question i mean you get like a lot of imports that, that come in especially like when they're in one team town so like there's some some towns like cans um you know that don't have a lot of pro, pro sports or um so that they kind of get that that treatment up there but i'm just trying to think who's who's the guy i mean Perth, any, anyone who plays for the Wildcats is a, is a bit of a celebrity because they've only got like AFL, Aussie, Aussie rules football out there. So the Wildcats have got crazy, crazy support. So if you, from what, from what I hear, if, you, if you're out there in Perth, you're having a pretty good time. All right, going to Perth. Let's do it. <laughs> Welcome back to Below the Hardwood. I am your host, Ryan Antonio Henry, sitting here with the homies, the team, the compadres, the cohorts, the amigos, the black BTS, the Avengers, the muggles, the North Side Care. Serpents. Smurfs and Smurfettes. Smurfettes? Who's Smurfette? <laughs> I can be Smurfette. It's all good. You okay, you can be Smurfette. She's unique. Uh, unique. <laughs> uh, the Weekenders, the the Nation of Domination, the Degeneration Xers, the Dexter. I got nothing today. You got nothing today? <laughs> <A> Russell <laughs> Westbrookers. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll pass. Bro. We'll, we'll, he, he, he's going to get some love. He's going to get some love. Um, but we're, whatever you want to call it, go pick up an Oxford Dictionary. Fantastic Four. Fantastic for today because we have a special guest, but we will get right into that. This is Below the Hardwood, episode 34, titled <clears throat> The Writing is on the Wall. The Writing is on the Wall, but before we get into why it's called The Writing is on the Wall, like I mentioned before, we have the Fantastic Four today. We have a special guest. Actually, there's a funny story of how we all met. Um, Below the Hardwood, BTH, acronym BTH. Um, we actually met him years back when he was doing his own podcast, also BTH, called Believe the Hype. And, and since then, uh, has gone on to do great things over at NBA Australia. Let me introduce you to senior editor Benyam Kadani. Did I get that name right? Uh, Kadane, of course. thank you. Sorry about that, man. Benyam, thank you for joining us. How are you doing today, sir? Uh, it's good to be on, fellas. And, uh, you know, shout out to the, the BTH days. Those were the uh, the OG days. Shout out to uh, Tom <laughs> as well. We were the, uh, the bizarro version of, uh, of BTH. Yeah. On the, uh, <laughs> just just yeah. Commonwealth brothers, you know, just out there in Canada, yeah. Australia, that connection. <laughs> It was 100%, 100%. I, I can't even remember how we, we came across each other. Like, I don't know if it was through Twitter. Or, uh, I don't think Instagram was around. Um, or maybe it was. It was like, Twitter. I think it was Twitter. It was, it was Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I, we, we used to listen to your guys' show. Like, the, the acronym, I think, kind of brought us together when we came yeah. across. Hashtag <laughs> BTH is still there. Yeah. Our yeah. social media connects, but um, uh, I'm glad you're doing well, and uh, and of course doing amazing amazing things over at uh, NBA Australia. I was just actually looking over some of your your videos, man. Um, specifically, the the most recent one I watched was the the Lamelo Ball uh, interview. Like how how like I know we're we're gonna we're gonna have these questions for you later on, so maybe I'm gonna jump the gun here. But um, just before, uh, I'm also joined by my co-hosts, Alan Shane Lewis. Hi, my name is Alan Shane Lewis. I am on a podcast. He's on a podcast. Yes, and Dexter Ariola. Good day, Nikki. Good day, Nikki. What, 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 why good day? Switch it up. Let's switch it up for the guests. Changed it up. Um, all right. 
uh, that's the start of the show, and let, let let's get, get right into it. Um, the Knicks, the New York Knicks. What is it? Seven, eight, nine years out of the playoffs um, in a season that nobody could have predicted this. Nobody could saw this coming. In fact, I think in the season premiere episode uh, that we had earlier this year, I trashed the Knicks and said it's the worst organization and they're never going to amount to nothing. And they made me look stupid. Um, but now, new days, brighter days. Uh, the, the team is just like... I, 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 as a Raptor fan, as a Mav fan, I would look at the schedule to see, okay, we, who, who we got coming up here? Uh, we got this team, we got this team, and then I actually looked at the Knicks on the, on the schedule of games coming up, and I was just like, damn, I can no longer just look at this team and just write them off anymore. Like I actually have to like say, damn, like that's actually that's actually a that's not a win. It's not a guaranteed win anymore. The Knicks are are here. They're legit. And they've clinched. So can we talk about what a successful playoff run looks like for the New York Knicks? And I'm going to hand this off to my guest, Menya. Just your guest? I mean, I'm as pumped as anybody that the Knicks are back. Um, You know, it's it's been, what, seven years, as you said, that fun 2013 J.R. Smith-led team um, (laughs) that went to the postseason. (laughs) But I think at this point, you've got to be happy you're in the playoffs because they're – Whilst we're enjoying their success, we can't forget their preseason win projection was like 21 and a half games. That was their run for them to win uh, this season. So the fact that they're doing what they're doing, if they go out in the first round, I think they'll still look at this as a as a good season. But depending on the matchup, if they if they can get the Hawks in that four five game, second round is 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 I think probably the peak of, of where their season will be. And and that that's not to discredit them. I think that's a great. Uh, a great season uh, for them because they've been a lot of fun to watch. So uh, I, I think they'll go through to the second round if they uh, if they come up against the Hawks in the first round, and that'll be that'll be a heck of a turnaround for them. Yeah, I I, I got to agree. I think you know this is like when you put on a new jacket or an old jacket and you find twenty bucks and it's like ooh found money. Like I feel like no matter what happens from beyond here, Nick fans are very happy. I think through the the last couple. Uh, horrible years that James Dolan has put that franchise through. I feel like Nick fans really do truly feel emboldened and empowered by this. And especially at the time that we're coming in right now, this is great for New York Nick fans. Like even to the point where like when they beat the rappers and they were talking mad shit on Twitter, I was like, I was going to say something. I was like, I'm going to let them have it. I'm going to let them have it. Right? They, they went through enough. They deserve this. And yeah, I think especially when coming up with, uh, you know, Trey Young and the Young Hawks, that's a chance to actually, you know, strike and make some movements and possibly go to that second round. Like, can you imagine if they actually had fan, like, like full capacity fans? Like, I think it would be off the charts as far as like playoff experience or playoff um, atmosphere. So I'm happy for the Knicks. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, anything from here is great. It's great. Knicks fans are so lucky that they're getting the Hawks the first round. That's a buy. <laughs> Let's be honest. Bruh. The Hawks are a joke. Bruh. I'm sorry. Trey Young's not real. Bogdanovich's not real. Bruh. That's not a real team. I'm sorry. Okay. That's a buy. So if they make it to the second round, you know what? I do want to see Embiid versus uh, Julius Randle. Yep. That's a good matchup. I want to see that. Or maybe Ben Simmons is guarding Julius Randle. But that's that's a matchup I do want to see. And if they can win one or two games in the second round, that's a successful playoff run for me. Well-known Hawks minutes. hater, Dexter Ariola. Well-known Hawks hater. Uh, it's not a buy. <laughs> It's not a buy, okay. Trey Young is <laughs> Trey Young is capable of lighting it up at any given night. Um, Collins and, and Trey, although they have their little, I don't know if it's a beef or issues, uh, they can still they can still put up a, a good game. And and of course, uh, the three point shooting is up. Like like I, I think you're kind of doubting them, but yeah. Do I feel like the Knicks are are capable of taking them out six games? Yeah, I do. I, I feel like the Knicks can get to the second round. And for me, yeah, second round is like anything you do at this point is great. Like it's great. But obviously if you like get swept, that that that's not great. Um, if you kind of come up like a, in a gentleman's sweep against the Hawks, that's not great. So I feel like although it's great for them to be there, I feel like, yeah, for some reason, I feel like a round two is necessary for the Knicks but, to really like say, yeah, like this was, this was great. 
But but look at it. Look at it through this way. Like you have a very young roster, very talented roster. You're coming off in a, a great season. Even if you don't go further in the playoffs, you weren't going to win the championship. That wasn't on the on the docket. So I think you can look at it and go, hey, we did great. We can build from here. It's possible with these pieces we can do great things. Let's go better. I think that's like that turning point in the franchise where you're like, oh, we're good now. You know when the Raptors like eight eight seasons ago when we finally got that playoff clinch, like how good that felt and the eight year strong that we had after that, it was like, oh yeah, we're good. We know what we're doing here. We actually have some adults on the on the on uh, I don't know controlling things and calling the different shots. And I think I don't know Tom Thibodeau as as uh, crazy as he is it not Tom, sorry, Tom Thibodeau. yeah Tom Thibodeau uh, as crazy as he is, you know uh, I think he 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 he's, he can be shown to turn around a franchise and utilize players and you know destroy your knees if, if it comes down to that make you play 40 minutes but i'm happy for them and I, I think yeah i think you can look on the bright side no matter what i think because they're gonna face the point where they do get eliminated they're gonna do that but they're gonna turn around and go look we had a great season we have something uh look to look to look forward to next season and build upon but especially i think i think this team against, sorry go ahead ben. no i was gonna say especially if they're playing against the Sixers. i think ben simmons hasn't lost a game against the knicks yet he's like 14 or 15 and <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. But this team is like built, it's built for like they have a chip on their shoulder. Like Tom Thibodeau has a chip on his shoulder. I feel like Derrick Rose has something to prove. I feel like Julius Randle has something to prove. So it's these blue chip guys that go in. So I feel like they're not, they don't want to settle for first round exit. I think they want to see their potential and try to go as far as they can, right? And I feel like in their heads, they're better than they think they're better than a lot of teams and defensively they are right yeah i think they can hold themselves accountable to like to the standards that they have but i don't think you can turn around and say hey you made the playoffs it's a failure i don't think you can do that i think just based on what we all expected them to do and what they've done that little area that expectation of what they like between expectation and reality that is truly happiness and there's so much space between those two because we didn't expect this team to do much true enough true enough and and it's uh fourth in the east like that that's impressive alone. Um, it's one thing to get into the playoffs as the Knicks franchise, but top four, like the Raptors, should be there. <laughs> like what happened? <laughs> we know what happened. COVID we happened. know what happened. We'll get into that. We'll get into that later. But um, the writing is on the wall. The season is almost over, and with that, obviously, we're looking at teams making the playoffs, not making the playoffs. Uh, there's still one battle that's up for grabs. And it's a, a battle that came out um, around April because Stephen Curry just became the human torch and made this like uh, a one-on-one between him and Bradley Beal. Who claims the scoring title? Um, who's going to grab the scoring title? Um, there's actually some side beef that came about this uh, on Twitter uh, the other night as well. But uh, Benyam, who do you got taking the scoring title this year? Steph's got a very slender lead at the moment, but I think the fact that Bradley Beal is going to miss a couple of games, that, that kind of wraps it up. And and, and we've, we saw how Steph responded the other day. Bradley Beal had 50, but Steph went out and got 49. Like, you you know, he decided to do that. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think it's his to lose. It's, I mean, no disrespect to Bradley Beal. He's had a heck of a season putting up 30 plus, uh, plus a night, but uh, Steph, Steph's that dude. <laughs> you don't think Bradley Beal would just like, you know what? The hammy's all right. I'm just going to sneak in one game, try to drop like 50 again. <laughs> right. Just it, within that beef between Bradley Beal and Ken Bazemore, when Ken Bazemore was talking all that shit about like, we have players out here busting hamstrings to try to keep up with, with Steph Curry. Like through all of that, like there was some, some a lot of good stuff. Like if I, I suggest you go on Twitter and read all that e beef, it was great. But there was one thing that Bradley Beal said where he's like, and, and he's talking about how Steph Curry is like reading stat sheets of how much Bradley Beal's getting so he can like, go himself to like to beat that so the fact that Steph Curry is that in tuned and that ready to go means like I don't think it's it's possible I think he has unlimited green lights he's on a team that you know is, is it will for him right now in his, his personal like he's doing great things he's doing amazing things for as far as three-point shooting I don't think you could really touch that with Bradley Beal right now in the position that they're in so when and, and also too yeah the injury to his uh part on top well Excellent. I'm gonna go with my guy's teammate Bradley Beal, he's going to score 50 for the rest of the season, you know, but I think they need to change the stat. I think they need to just do totals now. Like Steph Curry is above everyone and like games played matters. So I just feel like they need to change the narrative of it and just make it totals now. And Steph Curry would be the leader in that as well. But 
Bradley Beal, goddammit. Get <laughs> Westbrook 30 assists in a game. <laughs> I I will say this. I feel like everyone watches it. I don't think it's just one guy's like, I'm gonna try to do better. Like I feel like they were both watching each other's games. They're they're going right to the box score. Okay, Brad had 50. I had 49, this, that, this, that. Like they definitely were going back and forth um, box score watching. Uh, so I don't think it's just uh, Brad doing it. But yeah, uh, it kind of led into an interesting beef. And I think uh, some wives got involved or were mentioned. And oh, Camille. Uh, mm. Camille. <laughs> he was like, ride or die, ready to like launch it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> She's come out and defended. Um, well, I th- no, actually, it was Russell Westbrook's wife uh, um, when, when um, I think, uh, uh, what's his name, stepped out of line. But Stephen, um, a. Stephen, a. Stephen a. Yeah, when yeah. Stephen A. stepped out of line, it was Russell Westbrook. But these wizard wives, they 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 go they go hard for their for their husbands. I, I like it. I'm feeling it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna say I guess Steph Steph probably hasn't wrapped up yeah. since since Brad is injured, but I, I would love it to see if Brad just said, you know what, just, just give me one, one more, one more game. Um, yeah, I, I think no matter what, between Kareem and B, uh, B Beal, I think the winner is us, the fans, because we get to watch these amazing players go out every night and drop 50 points, you know? So that's us. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we did it. We did it. We did it, everyone. <laughs> you didn't do nothing. We did it, Dexter. <laughs> um, a team that the writing was kind of being written uh, the Lakers. We talked about them last week, but you know, you you go through the ESPN cycle and all these uh, talk shows, and like, there's this narrative that this might be like plotting. They might be, you know, okay to slip down, go into the play-in tournament. LeBron is, you know, LeBron, and it doesn't really matter. They want the lower seed. They don't want to face the Clippers. So, do you guys find that they're plotting rather than slipping? I think they're okay with what's happening, and that's not to say like they're trying to get the the you know the, the playing tournament seed, but they've they've had a pretty rough run of things you know with injuries, obviously Bron and AD being out. But when it comes down to matchups, that's what the playoffs is about. And I think if you're the Lakers, I think you're more confident you can beat the Warriors once than beat the Clippers four times straight off the bat. If you meet the Clippers in the second round, so be it. But I. I'd much rather uh, take my chances in the uh, in the plane than uh, than finish with the six seed because the Clippers they've been a little under the radar this season. They're a good good team. Like they're they're going to be tough. That's a tough out. Um, and if they if they come up against the Lakers in the first round, I'd, I'd probably have to roll with the Clippers just because the Lakers haven't really had any momentum coming into this postseason. Yeah, I think I think Ben, you, you hit the, hit the nail on the head when it comes to that. I think it comes down to like momentum and also like the Clippers are a sneaky good team this year. And I I think, uh, I don't think the Lakers themselves are plotting. I think, yeah, once again, they're very fine with this. I think LeBron James, when it comes down to playoffs, he is a different animal. I think there is this kind of lock and focus that every year we kind of always forget about, but it always happens. You know, we're always like, man, look, that team's losing a bunch of games. Look what's going to happen in the playoffs. And, you know, he comes back and he shows you that, you know, he's got extreme focus and he gets everybody else locked in. And I think I think it comes down to I think you know these last couple of games yeah they've been slipping but like when when have they been full ro- been anything close to a full roster we've seen Dennis Schroeder out because of like health health protocols uh, when you you know Drummond's not really un- he's underperforming we haven't really found his position or use in the in the Lakers offense uh, players like KCP and Marcus Morris are, are you know are putting out extra are, have to put out extra stuff right now just for them to like just to make it and seeing Anthony Davis in that last game you know dropping was it forty two is what he dropped you know the yeah. block to seal the game and then the, the dunk after afterwards and yelling out i'm back i'm back i'm ready for that i'm excited for that that sounds like a player who's locked in ready to go and waiting for papa lebron to come in and get that double chip let's do it two times in a row lebron james <laughs> in a shortened season let's just throw that out there <laughs> Those don't count, you know sorry lebron uh, but you know what i think lebron's plotting i'm gonna go plotting uh lebron is very meticulous in the games that he wants to play like, I think they play the Knicks. It's on TNT. He wants to play that. I think uh, I think I'd rather play the Suns than any other team. And that means being in seven. That means just winning one playing game. And that means I could just, like, they're going to bully the Suns. Like, they have no one to guard LeBron. They have no one to guard AD. Like, everyone says Aiton. Everyone says, like, Mikel Bridges. But 
guys, like it's LeBron and AD. Like these guys are going to destroy you. And like Alan said, they don't, they didn't have a full team. They don't have a full roster, but once they get that full roster, I think they're going to click faster than we even could blink. Yeah. See, and I see people like Brian Windhorst and people like that are like, oh, this is different. This is different. LeBron's hurt. LeBron's hurt. I swear we said something similar I said to that this last week. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I don't know. I, I just. It is different, though. Is it? It, it, like... it, it? I think we always say that. We always say this one is different. And I know eventually we're going to get to the point where this one is different. But I don't know. I'm just going to go with the, you know. The Vegas odds on everything like that, even though the Vegas odds might be against it. But I'm just saying, I'm not going to bet against the house on this one. I, I, I would say because you look at LeBron teams, yeah, they always go through adversity. There's always a part of the season where everyone's doubting them, and it's true. But, like, I don't think he's experienced something like this where it's like you yourself missed, what, 20-plus games. You were out. Your star player missed a bunch of games and did not look like himself. This is, like, the first real game AD looked like AD again. Um, the Lakers as a whole, chemistry-wise, haven't been able to, again, stay on the court to really get that. This is the time that the team should be clicking. Like, so many teams are already in the playoffs. The Blazers are already are already in the playoffs. The Mavs are already in the playoffs. Um, the, the Knicks, I would say, are even already in the playoffs. There's teams that are already starting to gel. So it's just like, for a team that is possibly going to end up in the play-in tournament and, you know... It's, I'm not saying that they're going to get eliminated, but like, I just don't want to. I don't think they want to face Steph in the playing tournament. I just don't like see them like looking like like they're in tip top shape right now. So I feel like it is different. And then the fact the fact that what it's his 18th year, he's older. Um, obviously, we know he's 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 it's LeBron. It's LeBron. He's still the greatest player. I'm not taking that away from him, but I feel like it is a little bit different than the previous right. Heat versions and and the Cavs version of the struggle or the adversity. This is a different type of adversity. They don't want to play Steph, but they want to play the rest of those guys. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of team wants to face Steph. I, yeah, I think what's the scenario? Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, playing Steph in a Steph in a, in a Stephen game in a playing game, I think it's very dangerous because like he can get hot twice in a row. I don't think he's gonna get hot three times in a row. I don't like so. I think like when it comes to playing, yeah, he's probably gonna take you out, you know, easily or you know to to, to Steph's uh, you know amazing ability. But uh, when it comes to playoffs, like what team right now would you say are in playoff mode that are ready to go? Like, can you list some off that are like ready to go right now? Like the playoffs should start yesterday for this team in East and West or like yeah, playing yeah. like what teams? Yeah, uh, yeah. Probably the Sixers. They're on a win streak. Like everyone, I know Mitchell's missing games on Utah. The Suns have some bad losses in the past week. Uh, I'd probably say the Sixers that they're they seem focused. Like I feel like they still feel that sting from uh, the Raptors and everything. And I even last year, right? They're out. What first round or second round, whatever it was, but. But yeah, exactly. So I think they they have that uh, bad taste in their mouth, and I think they're playoff ready. I think they're the only ones. And you know what, Danny Green, man, Danny Green, two times, he was the champion two times. <laughs> the blue, the, the blue. Is years. it is that is it the if, if Danny Green wins a third chip three years in a row, we have to like oh he's all famer right? Like that's... he's all famer. <laughs> <laughs> like no question, the Danny he's Green effect. <laughs> It's it's hard though because a lot of teams are missing guys. No one's really at full health, whether it's the you know COVID protocols, injuries, like even the Clippers are missing guys, like the Nets guys have never played together. A team like the Bucks though is is interesting because they're kind of my clippers of the East in, in, in a team that's kind of flown under the radar. They've been like a regular season team, you know, very successful last couple of seasons and then kind of flopped uh, in the postseason. And 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 this year it looks like they're kind of taking a different approach in terms of really trying to get themselves ready uh, for the playoffs. And, uh, and Giannis is hooping right now, too. So they're, they're another team I've got my, my eye on to see if they can kind of make that leap this year. You think Drew's the difference? Oh, he definitely helps. Yeah. Defensively, he, you know, especially in the Eastern Conference, if you're going to have to come up against Kyrie Irving, uh, I mean, Ben Simmons is obviously a, a size mismatch of a cover, but, you know, there's there's point guards out there that the Bucks are going to struggle to stop. And, and you get a guy like Drew Holiday in there, that automatically – 
just makes life much easier. But he's uh, he's he's been a great addition for them. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, because like no one's really talking about the Bucks, like especially because like after last year, that kind of unceremonious kind of exit. Um, but it's crazy because Giannis is putting out like even better numbers, I think, this year or like yeah. as good. <laughs> Yeah, like he's improved at, at a, from an MVP level, but yet we still don't have him in the conversation as far as like MVP. Like, you know, we're kind of, we've shift focus. I think we've gone to the point where like after LeBron won those like four MVPs, we're like, well, we're done giving LeBron MVPs. Like we let's look to other people, just kind of switch it up and we kind of get bored of that narrative. But like that can work in your favor because yeah, I think if you're a team that's not really counting or, or you're counting the bucks out, you, you can, they can, they can catch you on that. And they can possibly make a sneaky good uh, escape to the top for the, uh, the for the championship. Also, I just don't I trust Boone so. That's my thing. I just Chris don't trust Middleton, man. There's something about <laughs> Chris Middleton. <laughs> he, he's not a winner to me. He's he's definitely not a winner to me. And then those other guards, like, they're doing well, but I, I just don't see them in a playoff situation. Like Pat Connington and uh, a DiVincenzo. Yeah, like, these guys. I, I can't. I can't. I can't co-sign these guys. I can't even co-sign their regular guard in Chris Middleton. I can't co-sign their backup. (laughs) They've still got a lot of work to convince me they're not just a regular season team. But this year they've kind of, I guess, taken steps into into at least kind of looking at the playoffs as something that, you know, they they kind of have been embarrassed the last couple of years, having the MVP, Defensive Mm -hmm. Player of the Year, and you get bounced out in the second round like they – this this is the year for them to at least kind of get that credibility back and like, hey, we are a real threat and we're not just plowing through the regular season. They got it. Um, stay sticking with the East. Uh, we got some horrible news about Jalen Brown uh, being out. Uh, he's injured out for the rest of the year. Um, Celtics, bad luck. Uh, do we what, like what do you do? We expect anything from them in the playoffs? Is this is this bounced first round and out or? Can can we see possible magic from Tatum, um, and like maybe like a resilient playoff effort that you know at least gives them some hope of I'm of a, getting to the second round? I'm gonna I'm I'm <laughs> say a hell, and I'm gonna say a no, hell no. Okay, I feel like the the Boston Celtics had yeah the same kind of problems the Raptors had a lot of inconsistencies, injuries. Uh, you're losing Marcus Smart, Tristan Thompson's not playing up. I don't think they really addressed anything when it came down to the to the. The, the trade deadline they got freaking evan fournier out there like what like even in 2k that's a bad move like i don't know i just feel like they didn't address anything <laughs> brad stevens on kind of on the hot seat uh beautiful uh uh, uh yeah uh, uh, what's his name sorry jason tatum i think he's doing great this season i think you know this is good for him but once you lose jalen brown i think at this point like even before they were bad or in bad shape but after this i i just don't see them doing anything in the playoffs. I agree because, you know, whilst Tatum is incredible, the Celtics at times, especially because Kemba Walker hasn't really been himself, it's been a bit of a your turn, my turn type of offense. So when Tatum isn't feeling it, I don't know who's going to be that guy for the Celtics that, that that's going to be. I mean, I, I you know, I, I love Kemba. I love Marcus Smart, but I don't know if they're really going to be the guys that are going get, to get it done for uh, for Boston because you kind of need Tatum to play a perfect series, a perfect game. Uh, every, every time out, and, and and like you said, Alan, I I don't really understand a lot of their uh, their roster moves. I think this offseason would be a big one for them to kind of reshape what this team looks like because you got two studs in uh, in Tatum and Brown, but they they haven't really put the pieces around them to to make that work. If there was a Boston team's uh, team to play last year, I think that we would I would have preferred to play this one last year. Uh, oh, that would have been great. For the Raptors out there. Can we can can you get can you guys finally give flowers to Gordon Hayward? No, absolutely not. None? Absolutely not. Deserve, oh, no. n- none? If they had no, him zero. If they still had him in the Celtics. Yeah, they'd, they'd be more be racist. In position. <laughs> <He'd> be <helpful. laughs> honest, I, I, I think I'm giving my flowers to Daniel Tice. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah! yeah. yeah you know Losing Tice was pretty big. They Tice was great for out of there, and it didn't really work. Like I, I think they wanted Robert Williams to kind of step into that uh-huh. uh, that role, but it, it hasn't really worked out. And he's the kind of guy that you don't really notice what he's doing on the court, but then when he's not there, you're like, oh right, this, he was really effective. Off that pick and roll, he was like good to shift off and take a man for a bit. Like Tristan Thompson yeah. does not have that perimeter defense. He's kind of like flat footed and he can get taken beaten easily by like a fast guard. So they're hurting. They're hurting for a certain. Yeah. yeah. Even Tice. just those little like release valve mid range jumpers that he sometimes hit. You're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tight yeah. Tice killed the Raptors in the playoffs that series. He 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 killed us. I I, I was I was I was genuinely surprised, but 
Um, okay. All right. All right. No, no love for, but right now we could actually see uh, seven and eight, which is Boston and uh, Charlotte face off in the play-in tournament if it stays like that. So that'd be kind of a cool thing to keep an eye on. Um, we have hit the half. If you, again, feel the Lakers are plotting, slipping, let us know at below the hardwood on NBA or sorry at BTH on NBA on Twitter at below the hard one on Instagram. Um, again, the Knicks, what is a successful playoff run look like to you? Let us know. We are press.net. You can leave it in the comment section and Steph Curry, Brad Beal, who's claiming the scoring title. That was the first half. We will come back for the second half. You are tuned into the greatest. This is below the hardwood. We're back. It's the second half. Tune back into the greatest below the hardwood episode 34. Writing on the wall. The writing is on the wall for many teams, but we have been joined by a special guest. Again, uh, as you've heard, uh, Benyam joining us from NBA Australia. Senior editor, NBA Australia. Uh, we have a couple questions here for you, if you don't mind. We're gonna kind of grill you here, but Benyam, <laughs> Benyam, <laughs> um, how long have you been a fan of the uh, of basketball? Like, uh, when did your fandom start? Uh, do you have like a, a story to to tell us of like when you first realized you knew ball was ball was life? Yeah, your origin story. <laughs> Wolverine out here. Um, I guess in the in the nineties in Australia, like NBA was unreasonably huge. Like basketball in general in Australia was like super popular. The the domestic league here, the NBL was was popping, and it was basically you either like the Chicago Bulls or the or the Orlando Magic that were weirdly huge here also. So I was I was a Shaquille O'Neal guy. That was that was kind of my uh, like when I'm talking very very young. Uh, that was kind of what, what got me in. And, and like the hard thing was you couldn't really watch games in Australia. Like there was either like one game a week, like on the weekend at like a weird mm. hour. And that was kind of it. So like growing up, it was getting Slam magazine. It was, it was getting any, any kind of bit of content you could uh, and just kind of reading and covering. And this is obviously pre, pre-internet days, but it started to like get a little bit more traction uh, I guess when I was in high school and that was when Alan Iverson was, was doing his thing. So that was, that was kind of what hooked me in. Like he was six foot, I was six foot, like he was the coolest guy on the planet. So that, that's why I became a Sixers fan was just 100% <laughs> uh, Alan Iverson. I used to rock the sleeve and the headband and I'm um, just trying to be Alan Iverson. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so he'd be, he'd be my guy. Did you have the braids? Did you have the braids? <laughs> I, didn't have, I didn't have the braids. I had the uh, I had the afro though, so I was looking like AI on the slam cover. <laughs> my mom was braid my hair, so I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't get done. That's an iconic one. <laughs> yeah, so and, uh, hey, you're, you're talking about like hard. So yeah, sorry, you, you you were saying how hard it was like to kind of watch games. Now that it's kind of shifted. Uh, so like, what time are you watching these games? Like, is it like you're watching, like you're eating your breakfast and then you're watching, like you're putting on Lakers and like Nets is like, that's, this is how it is. Like, how does that feel, you know, to get eggs while you're watching LeBron James? Cornflakes and coffee at, uh, at 9am. <laughs> that's, that's how we do it out here. So the games, the games will start like around, you know, nine thirty nine in the morning and then run like the latest West coast game will start at like 2.30 PM in the afternoon. So it's, it's basically just a full day of, uh, of NBA in, uh, on this side of the, uh, the hemisphere. How, how does that work for like blogging? How does that work for like, does it, does it work well? Yeah. I mean, especially cause a lot of people that follow the NBA here, like they'll be at work during the day. So they can't necessarily like just have games up uh, while they're watching. So like blogging, like scores. Uh, so people always like try and keep up with the games. Um, it, it's, it's not convenient, I guess, cause most people are at work during the day, but then, you know, on the weekends, you know, you can pretty much sit up and watch four or five games of, uh, of NBA. Uh, but I know a lot of my friends that, you know, they'll have their, their, their phones under their desks or on top of their desk watching <laughs> That's but it's, uh, it's Yeah, it's weird because, like, whenever I go to the States and I'm watching basketball at night, I'm like, oh, this is, this is odd. I, basketball <laughs> <now>. <laughs> I, See, I need my coffee to watch ball. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're over here dreading when the Lakers and Clippers play because it's like, 
we have work the next day and they're starting at like 10 30. So if it, and if it's a good game, that game is on to like 1 45 AM in the morning and we're like dying. But like for you, it's like, yeah, it's like two 30. Like this is, this is prime time. <laughs> it's, it is pretty, it is pretty good. I think we've got one of the best, uh, I guess, time differences in terms of watching games. Cause I know a lot of guys in Europe that are up at like all hours in Spain and England trying to catch games and it's, it's a pain and, you know, for Australia, like to have it on all through the day, it's it's, and I think that kind of lends to its popularities because it is on every day, all day. Like it's it's hard to avoid, and, and as you said, it's much easier to watch games. You have got League Pass, ESPN's got a lot of games now, so it's uh, it's, it's it's kind of perfect right now for basketball in Australia. Hmm. What does it mean to like basketball Australia, like NBL, that players are skipping? college and going there like does a, does a league kind of like feel emboldened by that like how does how, how what are your sentiments on that i should say i should ask 100 percent. i mean i gotta give the nbl a lot of credit for i guess having the foresight to kind of using the, their league as an avenue to to get get to the nba and you know we had some guys come out like terence ferguson came out early before he got drafted and then they brought in the next stars program which is essentially like a one and done thing you can come out here for a year there's going to be scouts out here watching you. There's a lot of there's a lot of like ex NBA guys uh, in the league as well. So the quality of the league has gone you know through the roof in the sort of last four or five years. So the eyeballs and attention they're sort of getting it. It's it's kind of a, a great two way relationship. And and I think that was really uh, kind of exploded when we had Lamelo Ball and RJ Hampton mm. out here. That was uh, that was a service yeah. for that uh, that season. <laughs> what about Dante Exum? He got no love. Hey, Dante's my guy. Dante's my guy. He actually owns. Uh, Part of an NBL team, the uh, Southeast oh, Melbourne no. Phoenix. He's, he's oh, making sure. moves out here. Nice. There you go. Nice. Out of, um, sorry, yeah, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask, like, out of all the players you've like interviewed, like, who's your, you know, is there a, a memorable one that you can think of? Is there a fun one, crazy one? I mean, I've always, always loved talking to the uh, the Aussie guys, guys like Patty Mills and Joe Ingles. I've, I've known those guys for a while, so it's always, always good fun. But in terms of the most fun. I'd, pro- I'd probably say J.R. Smith or Nick Young. It's always, always been common. <laughs> Did you take your shirt off with them? Like, how was that? <laughs> never never laughing for a quote uh, with those guys. But we did have uh, CJ McCollum on our uh, NBA Australia show course wow. last season. So that was, uh, that was a great conversation with him. He's, uh, he's, he's a great interview. And you can tell he's, he's going to walk straight into the media once he, uh, mm-hmm. once he retires. Do you find it hard to like get them to open up? Like, like how how was that uh, talking to Lamelo Ball? Yeah, Lamelo Lamelo was cool. It was a it was a, it was an interesting setting. Uh, we had a it was at a Footlocker in front of like a live audience, but I've never seen anything like this. The line was like around the block two times, like people banging on the windows. It was like I was interviewing Justin Bieber or fanfare. <laughs> <laughs> it was ridiculous, like. So for him, like he he was kind of in this like he was living like a rock star out here in terms of his popularity uh, in Australia. So you know it was it was it was a fun fun conversation with him. Like it was pretty lighthearted. You know we just sort of talking about music and hanging out in Australia and and things that he likes doing. But it was it was more just the fanfare that surrounded that. I was like this this is like a mob. Like I I, I knew you were famous. I didn't know you were this famous. <laughs> uh, I, I have one last question for me uh, at least. Uh, uh, okay. So if you could implement one rule from Aussie rules football into basketball, what would you add? Well, Australian rules football is physical. It's, uh, you know, <laughs> you, can, you can get hit at, at any time. So, I mean, I, I like old school basketball. Don't, don't get me wrong. I love the three-point shooting, what we're going on now. But we could bring a little bit more of that physicality back uh, <laughs> by some of the hip and shoulder bump, you know, try and get, the, try and get some of that uh, aggressiveness back in the, uh, in the NBA. That's what I, that's what I go for. <laughs> Yeah, it's a big scrub. No, no, no calls. Just like, just fight for it, you know. Just let the guys play, you know. Let, let them fight <laughs> yeah, it's like slam ball. Love that. <laughs> oh, love yeah, slam ball. <laughs> yeah, bring bring that back. Bring that back. But um, we're gonna get back, kind of uh, just into the league right now. Um, Russell Westbrook, amazing, amazing stuff. Um, you know what? I think you're starting to see like a turn in the opinion of what Russell Westbrook um, over the years, you know, you get the, the stat padding, you get the, the attitude, you get the, the disrespect towards media. Um, and, and yeah, a lot of people, you know, put a lot of blame on, on the breakup between him and Kevin Durant on, you know, his abilities. Uh, but I feel like 
after what we witnessed uh, just the other night of him passing, passing the big O Oscar Robertson for uh, the most triple doubles in NBA history, I, I feel like you're seeing acceptance, appreciation, and love for Uncle Westbrook, Dexter's guy, um, going forward. A lot of people are saying last night he cemented his like he he's he's a Hall of Famer. He cemented that uh, after catching that last rebound um, and getting 182 uh, triple doubles and counting. So like not only has he broken this, but he's gonna set his high his high mark because. Russ, Russ ain't done for like another. I'd, I'd probably give him like three or four more seasons, maybe, of high level for sure. play. For sure. I mean, I, I think he was a Hall of Famer before this. I mean, his resume stacks up: a couple scoring titles, nine-time All Star, like nine-time All NBA. Like he's he's had a career. I think it's just the expectations that people have put on him have made it look like it hasn't necessarily been the case. But I think you know when we step back. And look at the numbers. Look at what he's achieved. I, I think it's a it's a lock uh, that he's going to the Hall of Fame. 182 triple doubles. That is so many triple doubles. <laughs> Nuts. And even though it's easier to get a triple double now than maybe it has been in years past, like Westbrook said this in the past, if it was easy, wouldn't everyone be doing it? Why not? Exactly. Why not? It's true. Exactly. LeBron. Exactly. LeBron, LeBron has 101 or 97. That's a lot. That's still a lot. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I have to say, I, I'm meeting my words and I'm apologizing to Russell Westbrook for like, you know, earlier this season because like I was part of the camp that was like, no, I'd rather have a John, a healthy John Wall than a Russell Westbrook right now. But I think he heard all that. I think he listened to the pod and he was like, fuck you, Alan. And he proved the point <laughs> and he went out here and dropped it because, yeah, he's doing, he did, he, he literally broke a record that we did not think like one. Of, I feel like there's like, I don't know, like four or five of these records that we look at that are like so historic and so ancient. They're almost legend. And I think when it comes to Oscar Robinson's 182 or 181, I don't think we we, we didn't think that was going to happen. We did not think that was going to happen. And good for him. I think, you know, there are some stat paddings that he has done in OKC. That's that's that's, that's the honest truth. <laughs> the fact that he's getting these like 20 rebound triple doubles that's insane that's like effort and energy then that's stuff you cannot teach and that's stuff that's just innate within himself and he's a dog he's 100 a dog and a great play initiator so kudos to uh uncle rest uncle uncle westbrook on this one dex my guy. guy i fought for him since he made it to the finals since out of ucla you know that's my guy from day one and he just brings it every night that's what it is like these triple doubles aren't just 10, 10, 10. They're 30, 20, 10, 30, 20, 20. Like, it's insane what this guy does. And it's, I feel like we underappreciated watching it. But when we go back and look at the tapes, we're going to be like, man, this guy was a dog. Like Alan said, like, this guy brings it every single night. And like, he has that, like, everyone talks about Mamba mentality. But this guy has Mamba mentality, right? Like, he goes out there every single night just pushes his body to like leaps and bounds. He's the most athletic person I've seen probably in a lot of sports, not just basketball, but in every single sport. I think he's one of the best athletes. I think he could transfer into football. He could do different things. And he's he still has so many years left, to be honest. I think he has like three or four more years. And knock on wood. Like if he averages if he gets if he averages Triple double after triple double, season after season. Like, who knows what number he's gonna hit? He might hit like, I don't know, four hundred, right? Like, if he really keeps that's going. Heavy. That's heavy. Let's go, Westbrook. Four hundred. That's that's the spot I want. <laughs> and, and talking about like, uh, like, um, uh, records that we don't think are gonna be broken. I think there is one potential that he could break too as well, which is Scott Skiles' thirty assists in a game. I think he's on. He could do that easily. I think if you put him in a new position where he's not surrounded by wizard players and giving the ball to Alex Len, who's choking it, you know, one foot away from the rim, gave it to another person, I think he would have more. He's getting 20 assist games on the regular for the Wizards, and I have no idea who he's passing the ball to. <laughs> <laughs> Rudy Hatchamore. Oh, oh boy, get an assist. <laughs> but Benyam, you said you were an Iverson fan. So this is what we brought up last week. <laughs> Who is better? Oh, oh, he's not, he's not saying Westbrook. Okay, 
You could say Iverson or Michael Jordan. I'm still rolling with Allen Iverson. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there you go. There you That's the correct answer. There you go. I have like that, I, because I do love Allen Iverson. I do love Russell Westbrook for for a lot of the same reasons. But the fact that AI dragged the team to the finals, which kind of had the same nameless guys as the Wizards, like he had no business doing that. So that that kind of maybe separates AI from, from Russ, but for, to me, they're, they're right there. They're, they're, they're cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Russ yeah. Russ dragged Kevin Durant and Harden, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> wild, wild. Um, we compared their numbers, and they're very similar uh, in all-star appearances. Uh, Iverson had a couple more scoring titles. Uh, obviously, Westbrook um, has uh, pretty much has them in stats, but uh, they're very, very uh, similar. And I think, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've, I think Iverson said on record, Russ is like his favorite point guard. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. So, um, but yeah, no, uh, all, all the love to, to uncle Westbrook, to be honest, kind of hope he's out of Washington and, and paired up with some shooters of some sort. Lakers. And well, well, we'll see, well, we'll, we'll <laughs> see how this season it. goes and then we'll see how GM LeBron gets on the phone. Um, I, I just have how, a question for everyone. We, oh, sorry. I was going to say, how differently do you think we look at Russell Westbrook's career if say in his last couple of years, he maybe wins one or two rings. And then you look at the resume with all the yeah. stats, with all the accolades, and then you throw a couple, even just one championship in there. How much does that change things for you guys in terms of how, how you or how people view Russell Westbrook? I think I got him in my top 15 players of all time if he gets a couple chips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, agree. Yeah, two, 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 three, if he like puts it, brings a team like a Wizards to like a finals and wins it off, yeah, easily. I think like that. But I think it also just solidifies his greatness, like a Jason Kidd. Like once Jason Kidd kind of got that one over in uh in the Mavs over the Mavs line with this guy over there, uh, I think that really just <laughs> you know sold him off. I think we we look at like the, the feats that they do in it, they're amazing, but I think it, it really just brings everything together and really just kind of gives you a focal point of like, yeah, this person was greatness and greatness incarnate. Well, I didn't say it, but you know, he's number two point guard ever, so I didn't say that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, we, we, we'll see, but we can I, we can hold off of that. As long thing. as you have Allen Iverson at one, then I'm good with that. Is there a record that you think is untouchable? But like between like out of all the records, like which which one do you think is you know, or what do you which or and also which one do you think is the next one to be broken? Honestly, I think someone's going to score 100 points soon. Mm. Oh, I think James yeah. Harden. <laughs> yeah. Who, I mean, who's built the game? That? The threes, the yeah. free throws. James Harden can get you 25 free throws. So that's all scores when the shot, when the, the clock stopped. It sounds crazy, but like there's been a lot mm. of games where he's had like 40 something at the half. You're like, yeah. Could he get 81? Like, I'm <laughs> out and sit in the fourth quarter. So we, we, we got to see somebody get 81 first before before they get uh, get to 100. But as crazy as those Wilt stats are, the era of scoring and offense that we're in, I don't think it's that crazy to say someone can, can't score 100 points. Will, no. will a coach let him? That's a different question. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, when you when you add, like, load management and everything like that on top of that, we might not, like, we might get uh, uh, that stat pulled away from us. But I think, yeah, James Harden definitely has the potential to do that. And uh, Clay Thompson, I think, too, as well. Mr. And shout like out to Devin Booker. He got, he got a close at 71. Oh, interesting. Thank you for shouting out Devin Booker on the podcast. Uh, it doesn't get enough <laughs> yeah, love here. Let's just say <laughs> in a loss, though. It was in a loss, right? Uh, but the, I, I think the record that can be broken is probably that three-point record that Clay Thompson has. I think he had 14, but he did it in, like, three quarters. And, like, he could – like, if he does come back and he comes back the same Clay, especially in this game now – and if he joins Westbrook, oh my God, it's a wrap. <laughs> he can score like twenty three pointers. But the one that can't not even be broke. Not Sorry, even just ahead. play a guy like Zach Levine could do that. Like it's yeah. crazy how many guys yeah, exactly. get up that many threes. Yeah. Uh huh. So I think that one's the next one to be broken. But the record that I don't think anyone is going to touch is that thirty three point win streak that the yeah. Lakers had. Uh, even 27 was amazing by the Miami Heat, the Heatles. There you go, Alan. Uh, but <laughs> damn, like 33 wins in a row. That's insane. I don't think yeah. anyone's going to do that unless it's like a super, super team. And the league at that point, the league's going to be messed up. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm going to say Warriors 73. 
I don't really? think anyone. I don't think anyone's gonna. Because you have to have the perfect storm of ingredients to get that kind of team again. And like they didn't even have KD. They added KD next year and still couldn't do it. So it's like, how do you get to seventy three wins again? Like, you know, you have to have maybe uh, the right coach, the right players, um, maybe some injuries sprinkled throughout, um, easy stretch of schedules, and probably have you know hope COVID is gone. Like I, I just don't. I just don't see anyone getting 73, 74 wins, sorry, on, on a season. I, I just don't ever see that that ever happening. The fact that the Warriors got 73 is ridiculous enough. I thought that Jordan record, uh, the Bulls record, was was, was never going to be broken. But And the fact that they didn't even have KD and, uh, and uh, DeMarcus yet, that, that was just the, the core Warriors group. Um, Logan Harrison Bonds will hold it down. Yeah, they started the season like 24 and 0 as well, right? Like they had like a crazy win streak to start when I think Luke Walton was, was at the helm. But that's that's a lot of games, especially as you said, like with load management and everything, uh, with the scheduling these days. Like that is an incredible, incredible feat. And I, I mean, we could have a super team that does it, but. I just don't know if a team's going to put themselves in that position because we saw what happened. They won 73 games and they, <laughs> they ran out of gas at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. For, for other workers, I think, I think, uh, sorry, just Bill Russell championships. I think that's probably not going to get beaten. And uh, John Stockton uh, says just the gap between that. I just, I just don't see another player doing that. Even Uncle Russ Westbrook. I don't think he could do that. Someone's going to have to average like 15 assists a game just to get that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, yeah, he could. He I'm could good. be that dude. He could be that <laughs> dude. Him. I'm wild. Dexter, I will say this: there is someone that is capable of challenging Russell Westbrook for the triple doubles. Not Luca. Luca get out of here! It is. It's my guy. It's Luca. Guy. It's Luca. Well, he's he's already <laughs> up to what, like 35. Yep, he's he's up there. He's up there. So. If it wasn't for Westbrook, he probably would have passed Kid, LeBron, and and Big O himself. Maybe like around the end of his career. So um, he he's getting those triple doubles fast. Uh, let's uh, move on here. Um, obviously, hometown Toronto, Ontario. Let's talk about it, guys. It, it's it's the writing's on the wall. It's the first time in eight years the Raptors eliminated from postseason contention. <laughs> Well, what do we hate? What do we like? What's next? Are we are we upset? Are we are we okay with it? Is it our time for for a franchise for years that we've been begging for perennial playoff teams and and it finally came to an end? I think we are tied with like the Blazers for the longest run, um, postseason run, which which I think is impressive considering where the Raptors came from like ten years ago. So, um, but uh, Alan. What's Listen, your what's your the Toronto your... Raptors didn't lose shit. The Tampa <laughs> Bay Raptors lost. All right. So the as far as I'm concerned, the Raptors streak is still intact. This season doesn't matter. <laughs> why are we playing? It's a pandemic. Uh more reasons why we shouldn't play basketball. Uh what else? Uh yeah, just uh doesn't matter. It's not real. It's not real to me. But on uh, uh but on the real side of everything, um, yeah, it was it was a, a hard season. I think it was hard to watch. Um just, just it, the, the worst part is like they weren't bad. They just didn't have the players. They didn't have the firepower and the inconsistency that came with that and playing in a place like Tampa Bay. Uh, I think that disrupted everything. So it's it's a hard season for the boys. But at the end of the day, you know, we might have like a seventh, uh, seventh pick in the draft. So good for us. They used like 30, 40, maybe 800 different starting lineups this season. It was, that was yeah. tough. <laughs> they never had the same team out there. Yeah, I was wondering what it must be. Oh, that God, that ahead. championship definitely bought them 20 years for me. Like, I won't be <laughs> mad at years. them. 20 <laughs> years. Like, they're good. And they got Gary Trent Jr. The only Ooh. thing they really – like, that's a great pickup. only thing they need to do is trade Pascal, and then we're good. We're definitely <laughs> the reigning champions because last year really didn't count because LeBron <laughs> won, and, you know, it's a shortened <laughs> season. But definitely reigning champions, and we're good. <laughs> do, do you guys think Kyle Lowry will be back? It's a touchy subject. It's, it's, it's <laughs> tough. You might go to Philly. Yeah, you might. I'll take that. I, yeah, I, I was exactly. wondering, what's Australia's uh, 
like position on the Raptors? Like, what what do they look like? What 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 you know? What do you what do you hear? We your eyes are eyes eyes and ears out there. Like, what's what's Raptor talk uh, out in uh, Australia? Well, Australian Australians like the underdog. You know, we're we're all the way out here. We 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 punch above our weight in uh, in most sports. So the story of the Raptors is a is an easy one to get behind. And uh, I, I I don't think anyone's either for or against the Raptors, but everyone was pretty hyped when they when they won. I think just the yes. fact that. <laughs> you know, the team that wasn't supposed to win kind of beat Goliath. I mean, I, you know, I've I got a few friends that are, that are Raptor fans. I don't think they have as big a fan base out here as a, as a lot of other teams, but I see a lot of Raptor jerseys. The, the mm. Vince Carter Raptor throwback, I can't go to the beach once or walk down the street without saying, come on, wear a Vince Carter Raptor jersey. <laughs> Uh, that, that 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 means so much to us. Thank you so much. the world, Steve. Who is Australia's NBA team? Like, if if you if you go on the beach, you're you're doing whatever. Like, is it is it is it Lamelo? Is it is it a Charlotte Hornets jersey? Like, what 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 are you what are you seeing the most? Well, I think Lamelo actually had the number one selling jersey in Australia uh, at the halfway point of the season. So he's got a truckload of fans out here. Uh, a lot of nostalgic, so like the, uh, the Bulls, the Lakers, and Celtics, you'll see a lot of that gear. And then uh, a lot of gear from, from teams that have Aussies, so the Spurs, uh, a lot of Ben Simmons uh, jerseys getting about, uh, a lot of Joe Ingles jerseys uh, getting around. <laughs> but pe- people really get behind the uh, the Australian players uh, in the league and, and I guess the sort of bigger uh, legacy uh, franchises that, uh, that have big big support everywhere. But definitely a lot of Celtics, uh, a lot of Celtics and, uh, and Bulls. All right, all right. Actually, a lot of Luca too. You you like that one, Ryan? A lot of Luca. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I always feel me. like, it, you know, it's the international thing. Like, it's just it's just a huge thing out there. Whether it's Raptors, Luca, uh, Ben Simmons, uh, Embiid, uh, the internationals. It's always everyone versus USA. So, <laughs> and I, I like it that way. Um, <laughs> But, but, um, they turned the Rising Stars game in, so we got to follow yeah. suit. You know? They did it. They did it. They turned it's... everyone against them, so yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, can we uh, – Alan, I, I'll, I'll let you lead this one here. Um, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, it was Mother's Day. Uh, I think uh, we all – you know, we all have a mom. Uh, but uh, let's let's talk about, like, you know, the some of the most memorable moments or best moms in the NBA, you know. Uh, like when I think about NBA moms, I always think of just like a, uh, like a, um, uh, what's it called? A LeBron James mom or an Allen Iverson mom, like, like his mom just like braiding his hair at, at halftime. I think anytime these players win a championship or win a uh, MVP, sorry, they always shout out their mom. Like, I think there, there's, there is like, you know, we can talk about the socioeconomic issues of like players in the NBA and kind of having that kind of relationship and stronger relationship with their, you know, the maternal kind of figures. So they kind of give love to that. So I just want to give love to, to NBA moms and let's, let's, let's have a little discussion about that. Like, what comes to mind to you when you think about NBA moms like Benjamin? Man, yeah, happy belated Mother's Day to, uh, to all the mothers out there. But um, there have been some great, great NBA moms over the year. Uh, Mary Draymond's uh, mom, she's uh, yeah. she's one of the one of the greats, one of the Twitter goats. Fighter, fighter. She'll let anybody have it. And um, like you said, AI AI's mom braiding his hair on the uh, the sidelines one of the most iconic just NBA moments with a lot of moments. Um, but a, a great story uh, is Bam Adebayo and his his relationship with his yeah. mom. The way um, you know he kind of does, or, or, I guess what he does in this league and and, and what he's trying to do uh, is is a way of honoring her and and paying her back. And you know, I, I really appreciate that uh, that sentiment and, and, and the way Bam kind of speaks of his uh, his mom. That's a cool story. Yeah, mine is definitely you the real MVP. No cap. <laughs> There you go. It's Kevin Durant. She the real MVP. All the moms out there, shout out. Yeah. All the future moms as well. <laughs> I like you right now. I think uh, uh, Ryan. Uh, uh, I was just gonna say um, she doesn't get a lot of credit because unless you're a Raptor fan, but Kyle Lowry's mom is on Twitter all the time, watching the games, corresponding with uh, Raptor fans. She's great. Um, so shout out to, uh, uh, Mary, Marie Holloway. Um, she, she, she's, uh, she's actually a fun follow on Twitter as well. Uh, so shout out to Kyle Lowry and and his mom. Um, 
yeah, the decks kind of stole mine. I, the, the, my, like one of the favorites is definitely you um, the real MVP moment. That was yeah. uh, that was great because uh, she's at she was at every Thunder game for for him. She was she was she was definitely a big supporter of it. But um, um, I, I guess if you want to say she she's not like a NBA mom, but like you can say Nina Westbrook because she she goes to bat for Russell. Like she she ha- she has a kid, so she's a mom. So she she's she's classified as an NBA mom. No, wrong <laughs> answer. No, <I'm> <laughs> I just love how she goes to to war for for her man, and yeah. and and I'm pretty sure that one of those kids is definitely headed to the league at some point. So we'll be talking about her again very soon, yeah. guaranteed. I think we also got to give shout out to uh, Jalen Rose's mom, uh, Jeannie, uh, Jeannie Rose, uh, you know, unfortunate passing too as well. Uh, shout out to her for making the name Jalen huge. You know, let's give it out to her. There's Jalen's all over the NBA and in the NFL. That's all her. That's her, uh, her legacy. Um, also cat, cat Williams uh, or cat Williams, Carl <laughs> Anthony towns, uh, you know, going through what he's going through this year. So shout out to, to, to his mom. And um, yeah, you know, just those mothers who give like support to their kids their entire time. And, uh, they're happy to kind of give back. So shout out to Pascal Siakam for buying his mom a house. I think that was really nice of him to do. Uh, it's just super, sure. I think, you know, as a child of an immigrant, I always feel like that's your, you feel that duty just somewhere in your DNA to kind of give back to your parents and, you know, all the sacrifices they gave for you to, to do your dream to give back to them. So I uh, just want to give a shout out to those people. Awesome. And JaVale McGee's mom. She's cool. <laughs> NBA, oh, yeah. WNBA player. So Shaq, Shaq and JaVale McGee's mom. They had the yeah. beef. <laughs> well, they, they, they stopped the beef. They stopped the beef. Who wins in a fight? Now? JaVale or Shaq? No, the moms. The mom? Uh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not touching that. JaVale's mom's winning. She's, she's yeah. a pro athlete. Well, yeah, she's, she's a baller. She's a, she's a flat <laughs> baller. Um, uh, just before we you know close it out, uh, new just a kind of a shout out. What do you guys think about J. Cole? Pot, um, expected to play for Rwanda Patriots out in uh, Africa uh, basketball, the African Basketball League. I love this. <laughs> I, I think this is a great two-way benefit. I mean, because the Basketball Africa League, um, they kind of had a stop-start. You know, they were supposed to start just before the uh, the pandemic hit, so uh, they get underway in Rwanda uh, pretty soon. I think it's awesome. I mean, the for, for J. Cole as well, I mean, look, he, he's not, he was never going to make the NBA at 31 <laughs> after some workouts with Brickley. But this, this is real. Because let's <laughs> drop off in, in, in talent is there. Um, but it's exciting too, because I think the Basketball Africa League has potential to be, to be awesome. Um, not just necessarily this year, but in five years, in 10 years, the talent uh, and the pipeline that's going to come out of, uh, out of Africa. Um, it's huge. It's a really untapped resource in terms of uh, basketball talent. And obviously, we've had a lot of great NBA players uh, that have come out of Africa, but there isn't necessarily the infrastructure and pathways uh, for a lot of guys to to make it in basketball. So bringing that uh, to Africa is uh, is huge. And uh, I'm I really just want to see how Cole plays in a in a structured environment. <laughs> uh, you know, with with an NBA, whether it be a BAL or NBA logo on his chest. That's uh, that's going to bring a lot of eyeballs to the uh, to the league. So I think it's dope. I just want to draft Jay Cole on a fantasy team. I want to go to the NBA Africa <laughs> Fantasy League and I want to get Jay Cole, call my team Cole World, and uh, just have fun with that. No, it's 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 that's huge. I think that's huge for him. Uh, I think he, you know, he's probably the best uh, rapper uh, baller out there. Uh, I still think I could slap him one on one. I think uh, if it came down to it, putting a shout out there, Jay Cole, if you want to go out one on one right now, he would dunk on uh, your head top. I would dunk on his head top. Uh, let's do it. I haven't touched that ball in a year. Let's do it. Let's do it, Jay Cole. You, you don't remember that miss at the All Star uh, All Star Weekend? That miss dunk. Which one? Yeah, well, he made he made a dunk in All Star Weekend, the celebrity game. So he he, he got hops. He's got hops. So. Well, your boy got uh, hops. I remember Bleacher Report. I edited that one, uh, so so Cole made the dunks. So I was I was happy after that because that that would that would have <laughs> that nearly brought the house down. That would have oh, yeah. shut down uh, like that, uh, <laughs> that all star game. Yeah, I, I'm actually kind of happy he missed it rather than made it because like it was such a like you you can miss nice like John ja Morant uh, misses dunks like extremely well. So like when that happened, I think everyone was just out of pure shock that it even happened, but. Um, one of one of my favorite plays ever is a is a miss dunk, and that's the uh, the Demar Derozan three sixty when he was playing for the oh, USA. Most disrespectful miss dunk ever, too. Yeah. Man. If you can have a miss dunk in your highlight package, that that that's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. Um, and uh, Benjamin, before we let you go, 
Who's your NBA champion this year? Oh, that, that's a tough one. I mean, I, I want to rock with my sixes, but I just don't see how the Nets, if they can even just find 80% of what they are, I don't know how you beat that team four times in a row because the, <laughs> the offensive talent on that team is just crazy. I know defense might bring them unstuck, uh, but I, I, I got to rock with the Nets. I just think talent wins out in these situations. Playoff games come down to one or two possessions and they've got maybe three of the top five isolation scorers in the league. I think that that's going to be enough to get them uh, to get them there. De- Dexter, nope. you're in agreement there. That's it. He got the right answer. This is the best <laughs> guest we've ever had. <laughs> oh man, this uh, stuff. Uh, I don't know who they're going to play though. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's what's interesting. That is what's Nets, interesting. Nets Clippers, I boycott it. I won't even watch. I watch the highlights <laughs> later on. I that's that's see the those big NBA finals. It's supposed to be Knicks Lakers, but we get the we get the little brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is like the yeah, you, you know, New York and LA finals. <laughs> my my champion has switched. Uh, man, this it, the COVID just screwed everything up. It's like one moment, okay, you're Lakers, then like. Your nets, then you're like the nuggets look good, and then Jamal Murray gets injured, and then it's like, uh, so I, I, I couldn't even tell you, but yeah, if James, James Harden's coming back, so I guess, I guess I have to ride with the nets. Uh, I, I don't dark, want, I don't want to, but I got to do it. My, my, my dark horse is the Raptors, I still feel like they have a chance. Yeah. So, <laughs> Raptors, Raptors in, uh, in what. Eight. Let's do Eight. it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even though they're losing to the Clippers right now by 20. Don't, don't uh, worry. <laughs> it's rope-a-dope, baby. It's rope-a-dope. <laughs> awesome. And uh, thank you again, uh, Benyam, for taking the time out of your day to uh, join us. Again, what is it, 12, 14-hour time difference? He's out there in, in Sydney. Uh, it's uh, 9.42 for us, so um, it's it must be you're, – you're in Wednesday. Yeah, we're we're in the future, Eddie. You yeah, know, what, what, what's Wednesday like? Who wins? What's like? <laughs> I got tomorrow's futures for you, but uh, no, nah, I appreciate you guys having me on. You know, it's uh, it's all love between the uh, the BTH crew. So it's been uh, it's been a minute since I've seen you guys uh, in the flesh, but uh, we'll uh, we'll do this again soon. Awesome. And where can the world find you and what you do? Uh yeah. So you can find us over at uh, NBA.com Australia. So au.nba.com. Uh, on Twitter at Benyam Kidane, uh, same on Instagram, and uh, yeah, for any uh, NBA related news in Australia, we uh, we got you covered. Awesome, awesome. And uh, my co-hosts, Alan, Hi. where can they find you? My name is Alan Shane Lewis. Uh, my Twitter is Alan, the Alan Shane. My Instagram is Alan Shane, and uh, Shoeless Lewis on Twitch if you like that. And also stream the Great Canadian Baking Show. It's on uh, CBC Gem, so check that out. You know, get those streams up. So maybe I get a second season. <laughs> and Dexter, who will not quote another baking show. <clears throat> Ryan, play my mother, mother music. It's be somewhere in those guys. Somewhere. <laughs> That's living my Dex life. Don't forget the G, Triple OG, on the IG, TikTok, Twitter, and Top Shop. Send me your highlights. I yeah, uh, Benny, ben, you, uh, you doing Top Shot? I've, I've been looking into it. I, I'm, I'm a bit late to the uh, to the party, but I think uh, I finally understood that it's not just pain for uh, for YouTube highlights. I, I, I get it now. So I was thinking it was stupid. That, <laughs> that was us. That, that was our dilemma. Like four, three or four, uh, like months ago, we were like, "Do we do this?" And then we had Jay Skeets from um, uh, from uh, previously of the starters and now of No Dunks uh, join us, and he he kind of taught us. And now me and Dex are. Kind of well, Dex is going wild. Dex yeah, is going wild. Dex is Elon Musking his top shot out yeah. here. This guy's to the moon. That's Dogecoin for me, right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just putting all my money. money. I'm, I'm trying to get in. I mean, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about this later. I need, I need to get you on top shot. Sure. So, yeah. Come open packs with us. We got some packs open up soon. Um, and that's at R.A. Henry on Instagram and Twitter, anywhere you stalk social media. And, of course, follow all of us at Below the Hard One on Instagram, at BTH on NBA on Twitter, and wearepress.net for all of the episodes. This, ladies and gentlemen, was episode 34, writing on the wall. That was Below the Hard One. Thank you if you made it this far. And peace. Peace.